Well, as always, let's expect the unexpected. And as we walk through life with our eyes wide open rather than our eyes wide shut, we have chance encounters. Remember, there is no luck. We prepare ourselves to succeed by action and effort in the present. And through no circumstances of my own, I ended up in a venue one night and encountered the voice of possibly a generation, uh, an individual who really encompasses our philosophy of fishing without bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations, our desire to assist people in helping themselves and impact their lives and recognize themselves. And today I'm joined by Miss Jasmine Tate. Hello. So, Miss Jasmine, could you share a little bit about yourself before I get into some definitely interesting things I found out about you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, my name is Jasmine Tate, but you already knew that part. Um, I live in Pittsburgh right now, um, but I was born in Missouri, raised in Columbus, Ohio, went to college in Pittsburgh, which is what brought me here. Um, and I uh, went to Robert Morris University, studied corporate communication, mm. Um, had a desire to work behind the scenes in corporate America and um, ended up doing music. Music kind of fell in my lap between my high school years and my college years and graduated, started doing music full time, ended up moving to Philly for a few years, worked at a church out there as a creative director, built a community of artists, and then just recently moved back to Pittsburgh. Cool. Um, so I'm a singer songwriter and artist. So what all that brings you stuff. back to Pittsburgh? Good question. Um, I just felt like my time in Philly was up, felt like it was time to come back to Pittsburgh, kind of as a um, a gestation place, if you will. Feel like there's some things here that are kind of brewing up in me, kind of making space to dream and figure out what the next steps are. That's interesting. Uh, when I read what you said that when you perform, you want people to come alive mm -hmm. and you want their dreams to become alive and you enjoy telling yours and other stories. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's... um. Yeah, that's probably what I'm the most passionate about as an artist. So I love, I love, I love passion. Here on Fishing Without Bait, what we talk about is people developing internal motivation, and we talk about people developing choices. We talk about people having power words, Jasmine. I am and I choose. Mm. So quite often, you're a young lady. I deal with a lot of young ladies as a behavioral health therapist, and unfortunately, young ladies begin to lose their self-concept and self-esteem mm -hmm. around the age of nine. Wow. Okay, so that's... That's, that's because of all the nonsense that the media and society place on people to conform and be something so they can participate, something so they can be worthy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Have you found that out? Have you found that in your life? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think I, I was fortunate enough to be surrounded with a lot of um, awesome mentors in my life since a really young age, but I think the media played a big part in major insecurities in my life, um, trying to be something that I was never supposed to need to be or try to be. Um, and then I also went through some really hard family stuff along mm. the way that made it really hard to process life uh, sure. from a large perspective, you know, just kind of hard to figure out how to move forward when, um, when, you're, when you're experiencing hard things on the home front in your house, you know? So I think the media had a lot to do with it, but it was also just the brokenness of the people around me and my family. And I think that's a, a big part of what throws people off as well, you know? Indeed. Well, sometimes media's lie are like politicians, Jasmine. If they tell a lie loud enough and long enough, people will begin to believe it. Mm -hmm. And people do begin to develop this inner critic inside them. And from some of the blogs that I've read and some of the songs that um, 
I've heard you sing. You're all about empowering people, yes. having people empower themselves. Nobody can empower anyone. They empower themselves. Mm. So where did you develop that type of spirit? Where did you develop that type of vision? Yeah, again, I was so thankful, so blessed to have some incredible mentors in my life, some older people that could talk to me as a young lady and be like, hey, baby, this is this is what life is like. This is what you can expect. This is what you can look to. And this is where you can put your hope in. Um, so I, I'm... I, I'm a devout follower of Jesus. Okay. I'm a Christian. And cool. uh, when I was a young lady, people kind of had some mm. awesome fathers and mothers in my life that mm. were like, hey, you could put your hope in, in God. You can put your hope in Jesus and mm -hmm. he can walk you through a lot of these mm -hmm. things that you're struggling through. Um, and so I, I found that I was empowered by the spirit of God, sure. uh, you know, growing up to to walk through those hard situations. And so because of that, like you said, I, I want to be able to offer that to other people and say, hey, you're more than what the world says you are. You're more than what your situation says you are and, and so forth, you know. So in order to carry a message, you have to have one. Absolutely. So how, did, how was that message formulated? You know, I that the idea of a message being formed in you, that word form is so... Uh, beautiful to me because it speaks of process. It speaks of the possibility that hard things could happen, you know? Um, and a lot of times we, we want to run from the hard things. We want to run from the things that hurt, the things that are a bit painful. Um, but I can honestly say that the things that were the most painful in my life are what produced um, the most in me. They, they formed the most in me. It formed the message in me, like what you're saying. Um, me experiencing several situations where I tried what those mothers and fathers in my life told me, like, hey, why don't you just see if God will be there for you in this situation? See if he'll be a rock that you can stand on in the midst of this. And, um, and so I tried, I tried that a lot of times, and he's been faithful to me over the years. So unfortunately, we're taught to assume or desire that we're not to experience any discomfort at all. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. And if there is discomfort, then we need to do something about it. Yeah. We need to, we need to either dull it, we need to take a pill, we need to, we need some type of, we need to get into drugs or alcohol or mm -hmm. some type of a diversionary activity. So as you well know, and I think your friend Evelyn knows, is that drugs and alcohol are merely a symptom, mm -hmm. okay? So unless we find out what's driving a person's behavior, we're blowing smoke out the first floor window when the basement's on yeah. fire. And it sounds like like and it sounds like you're you're looking to find that where is what's on fire and what can we do about it? Yes, sir. Yeah, I I, I love. I guess a similar analogy would be um, we see a lot of fruit, a lot of negative fruit in people's lives, and we can look at it and be like, man, like look at that fruit and think that that fruit is like a representation of who the person is mm -hmm. in, in a sense, you know, like the bad mm -hmm. situations that happen or, um, and I think a lot of times we forget to look at the root. We forget to look at, man, well, what, what, what's the root of that? What's the family situation that happened? What's, what's the hardship that happened? What, what are those things that produce that in that person's life that, you know, and, and so I love to sing songs and write songs that help people find the root that help them get to the, well, that's, that's what we do. So in the 12-step world, uh, Bill Wilson, who helped uh, co-write the book, co-found it, he had a special effects type of spiritual experience in Towns Hospital back in the 30s, hmm. an encounter with a divine that really uh, changed his life. The first edition of the book, 
people were writing in saying, hey, Bill, I'm not saying that there's no light, there's no trumpets, there's not, this yeah. isn't going on. Am I going to be able to recover? So in the in the uh, second edition and thereafter, there's a appendix called the spiritual experience that says that most spiritual experiences are of an educational variety. Most people don't want to take the time to learn and mm. listen, mm -hmm. okay? So the idea is that there's a quote at the end of that by uh, Herbert Armstrong, who is an anthropologist and a contemporary of Charles Darwin. He says, well, nothing will keep a person in everlasting ignorance so much as contempt prior to investigation. Hmm. Okay. So what we try to help here, Jasmine, and I think what you're doing in your songs is, have you ever seen a uh, thoroughbred horse race? On TV or whatever? Yes, maybe. Okay. In a movie? <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So these horses are big, magnificent animals, are mm -hmm. they not? And they can do one thing, and they can do it really well. Mm. They can run fast, and they can run straight. Mm. However, what do they have over their eyes? The blinders. They have blinders yeah. on. So most people walk through their life with their eyes wide shut. Mm. And the idea is, have you ever been around with a three- or four-year-old child? Yes. So they look at things with What? Yeah, wide open. Wonder, yes. amazement. So what we try to do is help people understand that by participating and being in a moment, every single moment of your life can just be as amazing as wonderful yes. if we're there and participating. Yes, and that's what I love about your songs. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Indeed. Jim. Indeed. So uh, could you share with us a little bit about uh, your encounter at McDonald's? That's such a beautiful story. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, some friends of mine, we were, uh, I was raised in Columbus, Ohio. This wasn't during that time, but I was back home visiting friends and family. And um, we were in McDonald's because um, a friend had a massive craving for some French fries. <laughs> and so uh, we, were, we were on our way to Cleveland, stopped to get some fries. We decided to go inside. And um, we saw some young ladies in there who, um, they were drinking alcohol out of the uh, those big tea cups that McDonald's, you know, for a dollar, <laughs> uh -huh. that sweet tea. So I guess they had filled it with some alcohol and they were drinking. And I were looking pretty, pretty tipsy, you know, looking like they'd had a good amount to drink. And they were altered. They were, yeah, they were a little <laughs> altered. Um, they were about to go to their car. And uh, and I just, they were young, like high school, pretty, mm -hmm. maybe sophomores in high school or something. Mm -hmm. And I, my heart just went out to them, you know, uh, and I was just like, man, I don't want these girls getting in their car. I don't know what's going to happen. My heart just broke. I just felt compassion, you know. And um, and so I stopped them and I just started having conversation. And I'm trying to think of a way to kind of distract them from leaving. Like and if your, I can, your concern was? Them drinking and driving, mm, getting yes. in a wreck, getting in a car accident, mm -hmm. something like that, getting hurt, taken advantage of, who knows, you know? And um, so I'm mm -hmm. trying to stall, you know, get them to just hang out with me for a little bit, asking them a few questions. And um, and all of a sudden, I, I felt like I had this sense that I needed to ask them if I could pray for them. You felt if, you had a you had a sense. Yeah, just had a sense well, that so I needed stay to Stay right there. Tell, yeah. me, tell us about that. Yeah. Um, well, it's kind of like... Um, an impression. It's a, um, when there's a, a thought that comes, that's not, that I know is not quite from me. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe God gives me those thoughts. He gives me impressions and senses from time to time for people, speaks to me about people. And that tells me you have to be willing to listen. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's about being willing to, um, to stop and be present as you so eloquently said earlier um just being willing to be present in the moment not only about your own agenda not only about what you want to do but it's kind of it's a selfless life in a lot of ways you know so by this time i don't know how old you were but by this time you had cleared some of the chatter and static out of your head that prevents us from hearing absolutely yeah i learned 
learned how to do that from mentors and people okay. in my life that have been doing that for that's, a long that's time. That's a wonderful thing. So look, tell, me, tell us a little bit about that too. Yeah, Please. learning. About learning how to do that? Well, when we talk about, we talk about there's no luck. Mm-hmm. If you wouldn't have gone through everything that you have done, yeah. you wouldn't you wouldn't been able to carry that message to those young ladies. Absolutely, you're grateful for that. I'm so thankful. Cool. I'm so thankful for it. Wonderful. So thankful. Um, yeah. And so I I stopped and um decided to ask them if they wanted to pray. And you know I stopped and we got in a circle. They got all excited. I didn't expect them to get so excited. So normally, if you walk into a McDonald's with some inebriated young ladies and you ask them to pray, you might yeah. normally you might expect some different results. Exactly. Yeah, I was I, I was expecting some very different results. And they actually started grabbing their other friends. It's a lot of high school students in this McDonald's. Apparently, that's a hangout spot these days. I didn't know that that was a thing. Um, but they grabbed their friends, got around in a circle, and uh, I wasn't expecting it to be this big of a moment. So I just we grabbed hands it's me and a couple of my friends and and i just said a real simple prayer just asking that god would protect them that night Mm. you know and um and when i finished praying um this one of the young ladies uh she was just so thankful and she was thanking me for what happened and whatever and um something happened where she ended up asking me about um god if god speaks if God knows us, if he speaks. Um, and I said, yeah, God absolutely speaks. Uh, he loves to speak to us. Um, and, you know, and she was like, well, how do you know, how do you know when he's speaking? Just kind of had questions about it. Um, and so I said, well, he's, he's speaking about you right now. And she says, well, tell me what he has to say about me. Um, so I said, oh, okay. And so me and my friends, we kind of just started asking God, what do you have to say about this young lady, God? What's on your heart? What have you been wanting to say? Because you have so many thoughts about her, I know, because um, you created her. So you have a lot to say, a lot of thoughts about her. And as we asked God, God started giving us insight about this young lady that we could have not known any other way about our life. We didn't so know you, her. you opened up. You, you're taking the blinders off. And Absolutely. Okay. Yes, sir. Opened up and um, to the Holy Spirit. And as we opened up to that, we begin to get divine uh, knowledge, mm-hmm. divine revelation about this mm-hmm. girl's life. So we're sharing it. And she just starts bawling. Yeah. She's crying. And she's weeping. And Good. she's like, oh, my gosh. Well, that means that her soul was arid and dry and it needed water. Yes. Yes, sir. Yeah. And so we got to just love on her. And then her, the friend, her friend is like, well, what does God have to say about me? So we start asking God what he has to say about this other young lady. And it kind of spreads. And every the next person is like, well, what, do you have, what does he have to say about me? And so we continue doing this. And God, in his kindness, continues to speak. How were you feeling during that time? How, how, how did this affect you? Great question. Um, yeah, it's such a humbling thing. You know, um, I felt humbled. Uh, and I felt the love of God myself. Mm-hmm. Um, one, that he'd be willing to speak to someone like me about another person, mm-hmm. um, two, um, that he would speak to me. So how do you avoid ego? How do you avoid uh, thinking that I'm the message and not the messenger? Absolutely. Well, I, I believe that anyone who will call on Jesus, anyone who would grow in a relationship mm-hmm. with the Lord, with God, mm-hmm. I believe that he would speak to anybody who just comes to him and says, hey, will you? what do you think? What do you have to say? Um, and so that belief in itself brings a humility because I know that it's not something that I can produce in myself. It's not something I can be good enough for. It's not something that I could do enough good things for. It's simply me saying, man, God, I need you. Uh, mm-hmm. I kind of 
I'm not enough mm-hmm. outside of you. I know that if anybody would say that, that he speaks to them and he wants to connect with them. So let's say five, six, seven years before this, would you have been in a position in your life to share that type of thing with somebody like that? I believe so, but I'm I, I'm honored in, in the fact that I grew up in that type of environment. Okay. I grew also, up in that type of culture. Can you also be proud of yourself a bit? What'd you say? Can you also be proud of yourself a bit? Proud of what you did. Um, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that God has brought me to a place where mm-hmm. I could listen. So the creator, the creator gives people gifts, talents, and abilities. Yes, sir. And it's your responsibility to use them. Yes, sir. And it's okay to be, to be proud of them. So the Bible's Jesus. He was always being, uh, questioned by people, right? Uh-huh. They were always trying to trip them up. Uh-huh. So uh, the scribes, they were, they were Jewish lawyers mm-hmm. is what they were. And they always sent, they always sent the, the big shots sent these people to try to trip them up on the law. Like Moses had like oh, 520 laws and uh, mm-hmm. they were always trying to find that out. So they did ask him one day, they said, what are the two greatest commandments? Do you remember what he said? To love your neighbor. Yeah, he said to love the Lord God with your whole heart, your whole soul, and your whole mind, and, and to, to love, love your neighbor, neighbor as yourself. Right. So what does that tell you? The Jesus was saying you can only love someone else in relation to yes. how much you love yourself. Yes, sir. Okay? Yeah. So there's a difference, uh, Jasmine, between arrogance and confidence. Mm-hmm. Arrogant people, you don't want to be around them. Mm-hmm. Confident people, you follow. And that's what I hear when I hear you sing. Mm. That's what I hear. That's what I catch when I hear those, read those blogs of yours are powerful and amazing. Mm. And I urge everyone out there to to take advantage of it. Thank you. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutfaith.com where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Faith, click the shop icon on our website We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.